Welcome to the Into the Unknown podcast, the show that dives into all things fitness, politics, mindset, current affairs, sports, and everything in between. With a generous sprinkling of humour, at least on my part, and pop culture, I'm Connor Campbell. And I'm Yushan Sue. So without further ado, plug in, sit back, and enjoy being taken into the unknown. Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning. Welcome back. It's, you know what's really thrown me? What? The fact that we're in the we're same, in the same room. Zone. Not, not only are we in the same time zone, we're in the same room recording off the same microphone. I know. And in what, has it been 18 months of doing this podcast? Yeah. And however many episodes? We've never done an in-person podcast. That's right. Um, so we're trying our little mini mics. Uh, so apologies if the audio is not that great. But it is a bit weird, actually. We were just going to do this filming audio, and it just didn't feel right to not see ourselves, we didn't We just it? had to look at ourselves. <laughs> so this is a monumentous occasion for, uh, for our podcast that we're doing our first in-person episode i don't actually remember what episode we're on it's maybe 56 65 no, no you have no idea you i, I do all of that things. for you um what are we going to talk about today well today the, the, there was something that i've really wanted to talk about for a while and it's sort of it's quite vague but it's uh you know we talk about a lot of this just you know off air as it were and just with ourselves and about the kind of setbacks that we have in our lives whether that's in training like in sport or in in competition or in our work or just in life in general and i think it'll be interesting because we have maybe somewhat different ways of dealing with Mm -hmm. our setbacks to each other's and yeah sort of how we've kind of overcome or managed to sort of you know control or or yeah, get over these little setbacks that we've had and and then generally about sort of resilience and how we maybe develop that and and or how we don't develop that. And yeah, I mean I'd just be interested to hear your kind of experiences with that and what kind of sticks out for you. Uh so I think I want to start off by saying that I don't necessarily think that it's pivotal that we build as a lot of people would say like this kind of being tough or sort of resilience but I do feel like going through hardships and learning how to pick yourself up again and kind of almost reliving those struggles so that you remind yourself where you where you used to be say a year ago if, if you did have setbacks, I think there's a lot of power and a lot of value in, in being able to replay those because it almost not necessarily keeps you hub, humble, but I feel like it's, it's a much easier way for you to go, okay, well, it, it, it wasn't that bad then, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've caught myself out doing that quite a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, we have both had injury setbacks, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about um 
Actually, let's talk about it right now. So I have torn both my ACLs. They're absolutely fine now, but through a period of about 18 months, probably the worst, probably the worst period of my sporting and just training history. I wasn't really able to train much. I was pretty depressed because I wasn't able to do anything really. Um, never really saw the light at the end of the tunnel. No one really gave me a clear framework in how I'm going to get back to playing sport and what that's going to look like. And so you, you're sort of kind of left in this tunnel of trying to figure out where the fuck you're supposed to be going. Um, now, obviously, over that time, what I did learn is you know, rehab is is uh, very important, <laughs> uh, as I'm sure my physio would, would agree to me, would agree with me. Um, but also mainly just how much sport actually mattered to me because when I played it, I took it for granted. And now I don't play any sports. I just, you know, compete in weightlifting and, and train weightlifting. That's a sport, isn't it? It is a sport, but it's only a sport if you compete. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like football is a sport, but also you are competing with your friends. Mm. So it, regardless of whether it's recreational or not, it's still a sport. But for weightlifting... I would argue that it's not a sport until you actually compete. That's like when people say they're bodybuilders, but they just go to the gym and they've never stepped on a stage. That's exactly it. <laughs> that's the per- that's almost the perfect analogy. Um, so yeah, it kind of now that I'm training, you know, I've been training weightlifting for sort of eight years, and I think one of the biggest things is you know I've obviously picked up injuries through weightlifting, but nowhere near as serious as kind of ACL when you're out for sort of two weeks or a month you kind of appreciate like it's not that long I know I'm going to get back to it so for me I think that's taught me the biggest lesson is that if I can deal with 18 months of barely any sport and get back to full strength full fitness and even now even better than when I was then um, I always have this mantra in my mind which is did I die and I keep saying that to myself when I have a hard training session did I the answer no because I'm still here. If I don't answer, then obviously the answer is I'm dead. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my injury setbacks um, and how I sort of got over that. It's pretty simple. I never really had a psychologist or much in the way of a physiotherapy to get through my ACL stuff, which led me on to being an S&C coach because I was like, I don't want athletes to ever feel like they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Um because I think that's the fear of the unknown again, you yeah. know, was yeah. for me, it really drove this anxiousness and this sort of depressive state uh, because I had no idea where I was going, where it was going to end, what that would look like. Um, now there's a lot more resources in school and university for that. And also coaches are, you would hope, a lot more educated, um, you know, and if they're not, then maybe find a coach that is better educated. You know where um, to find them. You know where to find. Them. Yeah, but yeah, um, interested about your injury, kind of. You know, we we've spoken a little bit in detail, but I think on the topic of sort of resilience and 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 having setbacks to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, before I get into maybe the more of the injury side, I just think you made a really good point with how it's not like you say it's not. I think the word used was pivotal, and. I, I completely agree with that thinking about it now. It's not like one day you wake up and there's a light bulb moment like, oh, actually I'm now a resilient, strong-willed guy. 
it's more sort of accumulation of experiences and learning and reflecting from those experiences that kind of shape you into being a bit more resilient, a bit you know tougher, as it were, to to these external forces that may be. And you know, w- one thing that really comes to mind for me is that you know even even little things like like moving which i've done quite a lot um you know moving country moving uh to different stables and move moving house and things like that and it's like it matters to me less and less now mm. in terms of how much it affects me mentally like how much stress and anxiety i get from moving now it's like nearly none because um i just go like well i've been here before quite a few times and it's all been all right and the same with you know I can apply that to to competition you know when when you have a good result or you have a bad result and you have to get on the next horse on the next on the same day or you've got more over the weekend or you know you're going again next weekend it's like well you've been here before yeah. you know you've had you've had these setbacks you've had maybe things not going to plan like slowly but surely if you keep well if I keep sort of looking back and reflecting on how it's impacted me and and like what I can take away from it I kind of now realize that it's all just it's all a part of it it's like a part of the process and you know you've overcome it last time you've overcome it at times where it was worse you know it was a bigger mistake or a bigger setback so this will be fine. Um, in terms of injury, like I don't think I've had nearly as many injuries as you have. Um, but the ones that I have had, you know, I've had actually quite a few sort of smaller ones recently in quite a small amount of time. And I've realized that the last few, you know, when I dislocated my shoulder and when I dislocated my ankle and things like that, like, each time I it it sort of throws me less and less because it's I, I'm a lot more so sort of, I guess rational you would say but a lot more like matter of fact about it yeah. and I kind of look at the facts of you know what have I done um what the prognosis is you know like how long it's going to take what the rehab is going to be and when I can get back on the horse and when I can compete again and it's like okay cool let's do that like I don't know if whereas you know the first time I had a big injury was when I broke my leg um which I don't fucking stop banging on about um but but back in 2019 when I broke my leg and I had (laughs) uh the point I'm making is I had no sort of past experience like reference point to kind of base that off of so the difference then is that like like you say it's it's going into the unknown like i didn't know what to expect i didn't know how to react or respond to it and i didn't know you know like how to how to act and behave um because i've never really had experiences like that yeah and you know if you want to hear how i did act and behave you can listen to previous episodes i'm sure but um yeah like whereas now you know i often look back to that and i look back to 
you know, other injuries that I had, like later on in that year, I tore my AC and, and just little things like that. And I'm, I go like, okay, well, all of these are kind of the same, maybe different severities and different degrees, but the kind of general process and the general way of overcoming them and, and, and coping with them have been the same. And I've learned a lot from each one and each time it's gone a little better. It's gone a little easier um, physically and mentally. You know, because I know what to expect and I know what will benefit me through my rehab physically, but also what will benefit me um, to help me kind of overcome it psychologically. Um, so now it's just like, cool, let's let's do this. Like, let's get over it and let's crack on. Yeah. So I have two points I want to make to that or two kind of counter questions. The first one uh, was right at the start, you mentioned that you know, the more sort of setbacks you go through, the more you realize actually you, you can become or you are more resilient than you realize. And again, I think that's a very important factor is that we don't necessarily look to have setbacks. Like that's not the goal. You know, the goal is not to fail. But at the same time, we, all, we don't necessarily want to set out to not fail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think people worry so much about failing or, you know, being injured that they don't actually ever let themselves grow and they don't ever let themselves learn about a different side to themselves. They don't they don't understand how to build that resilience because they've they've not necessarily had to come from setbacks. I'm not just talking about injuries. I'm just talking about, you know, general life. Maybe they've always placed first in their you know, their school and then their university and then they get selected for a first team out of university and they've always been really good naturally. They haven't really put much practice in. And then they start to get to this point of their sporting career where like, shit, I'm being challenged now. Like these guys are a lot better. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, the universe is telling you what to do. Work harder because yeah. you haven't been working hard, you know, or do something differently. Stop doing the same thing. So anyway, my question is, you mentioned that, you know, you kind of, you got to this point where you're like, well, I might as well just kind of keep going. You know, like you get injured, you pick yourself up, you go again. At what point do you just stop? Mm. Stop with what? Just stop, you know, like, okay, well, that's it. Like, this is the last injury. Like, I'm just done. Yeah, You know, because pe people, I know that's a tough question to answer, but people will get to that point. I thought that was me after tearing my ACLs. I was like in 21 years old almost. And I thought that I was done with sport because no one gave me that direction. Mm. So that's my first question is, do you think there's a point where people, you know, they get injured or they face a setback and they just call it quits and they're yeah. done, yeah. you know, um, or do you think that there's value in in just trying that one last time and then that one last time and that one last time, you know, like, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I've i never really thought about that. <laughs> it's like an ultimatum question. Well, I think because I've seen sort of both sides of it, you know, it, it, definitely in my sport where, you know, falling off can injure you pretty badly. Yeah. Um, especially like when you're going cross country or whatever. And, um, and we have this kind of 
term that we use that's like losing your bottle mm. and you see a lot of people who have a bad fall or, or a really bad injury as a result of a fall or something like that and find that just mentally they can't cope with it anymore and all the confidence is gone and they don't ride like they used to and they're not able to there's just almost like a mental block mm -hmm. and that is something that you know i believe i've been lucky enough to so far touch wood um to not have to not have to deal with that because i've never felt that before yet but you know a lot of my friends and a lot of people that around me in the sport have had that and it just sounds like a very difficult situation to be in and because you're trying like everyone knows you're trying to get back to where you are you're trying to get back to your sort of style and your confidence in riding and I think that's one of the most important elements of it is having the confidence and the self-belief because when you start to doubt yourself and you start to second guess your sort of decisions and you start, then you become a bit defensive and you, you're not as sharp reacting to things. And that's when it, if anything gets even more dangerous, like you put yourself in even more of a position to, to hurt yourself. Yeah. And so I think, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people who have stopped because of that. Mm. And I, I know people further like that have stopped because after having a bad injury that you know could have been life-threatening or, or could have ended a lot worse but they got lucky kind of had some time to reflect and usually these are a little bit more sort of older mature athletes and, and they go like well why am I doing this you know like I have I have a family yeah. and I have you know people to look after people that depend on me and I have things outside of the sport. And, you know, and I fully, you know, sympathize with that in that, like, maybe 10, 20 years ago when they were, say, my age, and just a single guy, like, doing nothing but bashing these horses around these courses, um, got not much else to lose. Whereas now, like, there's a lot more on the line. Yeah. And then you have to start, I guess, weighing up is it worth it is it worth you know every time going out the start box and whether you like it or not you there's a risk involved in falling and breaking your neck or bashing your head and i hope me saying these things don't put anyone off too much but i think it's the reality though. that is the reality and that is the risk that we do have to accept mm. every time going out the start box and i'm not saying you know ride with fear because Again, like I said, I strongly believe that makes that makes it worse, and that makes you ride worse and and put yourself more on the line. But yeah. I think, other than those two things, ultimately it comes down to yeah. To circle back to your question, like I think it for me it comes down to, am I doing what I love? Yeah, like am I doing what I want to do? And you know, if the answer is yes, then is it worth it and and more often than not i think if you're doing what you love and you're doing what you want to do and it's making you happy then it probably for me it probably is worth it and if it's not then then you should probably stop doing like 
like it's not worth it falling off and breaking your neck if you're not even enjoying it yeah um enjoying riding that is not enjoying falling off and breaking your neck i don't think anyone would enjoy that yeah. but do you know what i mean yeah no i think you rounded that off really nicely and that's kind of what i was probing you to sort of say as well um you mentioned about sort of losing your bottle as well in 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 riding and it happens the same in weightlifting that if you you know you pick up an injury and you wrist shoulder elbow back knee whatever it might be there always gets to this point where you might get close to be attempting those weights and you always have in the back of your mind you're like this is the weight that hurt me last time yeah. you know and then that element of fear you know you can't be scared everyone is scared on the platform but you almost have to have this inner confidence. I, th I think we've spoken about this idea that like you need to somewhat have some fear to keep you switched on. But at the same time, you need to be able to control that. And you need to have the confidence to be like, okay, this weight's heavy, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And let's be honest, even if you don't do it, it's not the end of the world, really, is it? Because you didn't hurt yourself. At least you gave it a go yeah. and you didn't give in to fear. If you actually went and tried it, well, okay, yeah, you missed it. You may have missed the pole, whatever it might be. You missed the weight, blah, blah. But, the but then it comes back to my question. Did you die? Yeah. No. So yeah. you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Dust yourself off and let's go again. But two tactics that I've used with that, and I'm going to get to my second question in a second. The first one is repeat something that feels ridiculously easy over and over and over again until it's no longer uh, an issue, which is this idea of like James Clear's, you know, habit formation. And then once that's easy, do something else. So, for example, let's say I'm just going to use the, the horse riding thing like because I know that we've spoken about this before. What's the highest pole you can jump? Well, me personally? Or, or yeah. Like I've jumped up to 140, yeah. Okay, so let's say, for example, he starts to get scared at like 135. Yeah. Like the horse gets a bit skittish. So, But the horse is absolutely fine between 130 and 135. If you just keep practicing between 130 and 135, not only does it give you the confidence that you can do that over and over again as the horse gets more tired, but also the horse is like, oh, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's fine. I'm safe. Within, within reason. Yeah, yeah. So then all you need to do is then go, okay, well, let's try 135 to 140. You could try that, or you could just do 135 to 136. And once the horse is comfortable with that, you then nudge it up 136 to 137. And the horse is not going to know the fucking difference. No. You might, maybe, yeah. but it's the same with weightlifting. You know, I get a lot of people, you know, like snatch 100 kilos is a very big deal for a lot of people. Snatch, like 100 kilo snatch, 120 clean jerk is like kind of your first sort of big numbers as a, as a male weightlifter. Um, and it's, it's a scary number, you know, three figures on the bar. It can be pretty scary. But if you, if you end up training in a cycle and you end up doing, you know, 10 reps over 90 kilos, 10 reps over 95 kilos over a period of a couple of months, it gives you so much more confidence that you know that you have control over those weights. And it goes back to this fear of the unknown. If you don't know what's going to happen, you get scared. But if you kind of can predict and you can have more control over that situation within reason, it doesn't seem as scary. So you're able to actually attempt it more often. Yeah. So, yeah. My second question anyway was, um, 
and I, I'm not sure how to phrase this. You mentioned when you had your injury that, you know, well, we both mentioned it was like this fear of the unknown. Like you had no idea what was going to happen and how long it was going to take you to recover. And it was interesting because, you know, I'd had quite a few serious injuries prior to, to um, you know, coaching you, um, like being your S&C coach. And I think one of the biggest things for me was I noticed that a lot of people, they catastrophize mm. when it's their first serious injury, which yeah. is, it, it, you know, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. You've hurt yourself. You're going to be like, I'm dying. I'm never going to walk again. You know, it's it, people do that. Even yeah. I did that when I told my ACL. And even sometimes now I'm like, I hurt my back. Never going to walk again. I'm dying, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you was, did you get the impression when you hurt yourself that you you thought you were going to be okay based on, you know, the people that you were working with? Or mm. because going back to the thing that I had where I didn't really have a physio or a psychologist, I found it much more difficult for me to see where the horizon was versus, you know, now having more experience and more knowledge of my own body and having, you know, a physio and a doctor on tap. Um, yeah, I guess the question is, um, I don't really know what the question is, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I do know what you're trying to say. <laughs> and also, can I say that I'm very, very impressed that you used uh, riding analogy and pretty much nailed it. Like, you sounded like you knew what you were talking about, which is pretty mad, because that's exactly what we do. You know, like, we train over really small you know, like 50, 60 centimeters and make it perfect. Like when I go cross-country schooling, it doesn't matter if I'm um, riding my baby horses, like my young horses or Alfie or like riding, uh, you know, up to the my three-star horses that are very experienced. When I go cross-country training, I start off jumping the smallest logs mm. I can find, trotting over them, making mm. sure that they're taking me and they're confident and I'm confident I'm not riding defensive. I walk into the water and like step down the ditches and they not step down the banks yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and then make sure that I'm confident and they're confident um before we move on to the next step. And yes, I know I smash that. <laughs> um but circling back to your question there, I I think definitely a lot of people, yeah, definitely when I broke my leg, the people around me gave me confidence and because I, you know, at the time, uh, one of my, my trainers, Mark, he had a very similar injury probably a year or two ago. And, you know, so that was a kind of frame of reference for me of like, okay, well, he's healed up this way and <clears throat> I can, I can probably do the same and a similar thing. Um, and then, you know, I had a lot of positive people around me to be honest. Um, which definitely helped and now you know I think now it's a combination of when I hurt myself a little bit you know I have that kind of support around me and also I have my own frame of reference and I have my own past experiences to go by like oh, okay you know it's going to be okay and it's this is not me now this is mm. this is just this will pass and I definitely remember when I not too long ago when I fell off and uh, dislocated my shoulder. You know how it, do it doesn't hurt in the beginning? Yeah. 
because of the adrenaline or the shock or whatever. But I kid you not, like I def I literally fell off, and then obviously reins my hands got tangled in the reins and it pulled my arm out. Um, and then when I lose my like got myself loose of the reins i um tried to move my arm and it wasn't there and then i looked over and my shoulder was kind of dangling out and i just like i was like ah like someone came up to me and was like are you okay i'm like yeah yeah no we're good uh shoulder's gone (laughs) like there was no like panic or yeah (laughs) like oh yeah shoulder's gone um but i think that's just through and it's maybe not a great thing. Like I've got so much experience in falling off and getting into the shit, but um, yeah, through experience of knowing like, you know, what's going on and how we can overcome it, that I can be so sort of matter of fact about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, the, a point I wanted to make was that, I don't know if you have noticed the same with yourself, but, through I think just through all these experiences and accumulating all these I suppose setbacks or things not going to plan or things not going your way and then you kind of overcoming it it kind of without me really knowing it kind of like shaped me into someone who just like shrugs it off a bit and cracks on and and within reason and I'm not saying I'm not recommending this by the way like it's not always a good thing but just like for example on 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 friday i was at a competition i had two horses there in, in the big class and um i actually fell off my first one and it didn't occur to me at the time i guess because it was all happening like how badly it could have ended but luckily it didn't and i was only a little bit bruised and battered and the horse was okay um but you know i got up and you know, saw the doctor and whatever and the paramedic and made sure I wasn't too broken. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just get on my second. Like, I've still got my second horse to ride. Like, I got to do it. And like a lot of people around me were like, no, just think, just sit down and think about it. Like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do this. You're not proving anything to anyone. Like, if you're in pain, don't do it. Like, if, and then I'll, and I was just like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Like, I'm not, not making a point or anything. Like, I just, it would be good and you know i've still got three phases to ride with my second horse i'll do the dressage see how it goes do the show jumping see how it goes um and yeah i kind of just did it and not thought much of it and then got home that evening and i was dying like i was i couldn't i had to like sit down on the floor lie down on the floor a bit um just to relieve myself of the pain before i could get back up but um yeah like I suppose what I'm trying to say is that I guess because I've become so used to it and by the way the second horse went really well and I ended up jumping a double clear and finishing in the top 10 so I'm glad I did that but um, you know without realizing we kind of mold ourselves through all these setbacks to becoming resilient and becoming the kind of person that kind of wants to keep going yeah um i don't know if that's always a good thing or i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but i don't know if you've had a similar experience with that so i i would always so really simply i think the best way to answer that is 
what else what else would I do yeah you know like whenever I ask myself and I want to get into sort of business and kind of work and stuff because I want to talk about a period of my life that I haven't really told very many people about but you know um now we're telling them yeah because we're honest we we want to share our experiences in case anyone else has gone through the same the same setbacks or even just the same shit you know we all we all we all go through this the same things whether it's 20 30 40 whatever it might be but yeah i i I always kind of have asked myself like whether i injure myself or whatever it's kind of this question obviously would i did i die but kind of that's a bit tongue-in-cheek you know and i got that mainly from from rugby and sort of that period of my life but it's like what else am i gonna do you know because yeah i could give up easily giving up is easy you know it and and i know a lot of people might be listening to this thinking well actually it's not as easy as you think I agree with you. It's not as easy as you think, but it's much easier to give up than it is to keep going. Um, and I would agree with that in almost every circumstance, even dealing with a friend that I had at, at, at school, you know, he suffered from, from bipolar. Um, and there were many, many occasions that he you know, going pretty deep for obvious reasons would not want to exist. Um, and I, I was like 15, 16 at the time. And I kind of just said to him, well, yeah, but what else are you going to do? Like, you may as well just keep on living because you never know what's going to be around the corner. Like tomorrow could be a better day, you know? And like, you may have to ask yourself that every single day, but I'll tell you what, there's going to be someone out there that believes that the world is a better place because you're in it. Um, whether you see that or not, and whether people tell you that or not, there's bound to be at least someone, one person, two people, whatever it might be, a whole family, a group of friends, a loved one, even a pet that has a better life because of you. Um, and I know that went super deep, super quick, oh. but it. I think, it's like you can reference that to anything. It's like, what else are you going to do? You know, because, yeah, and I'm happy to say that I think giving up is, is the easy way out, you know, in anything, because it is. Yeah, you know, I could just, we could just give up on this podcast and it would give us two, three hours of our lives back. But not, not saying I don't enjoy it, by the way. Like, all, right. all right, thanks, mate. <laughs> but we love doing this and we're committed to doing this. and that's just another kind of um, another point of reference that I wanted to make, but I wanted to switch. I know that that was a bit deep, so let's get this a bit lighter. I want to switch a little bit gears speaking about the same topic of setbacks and kind of building that resilience. Um, I remember when I first set up or was talking about the idea of setting up my own business after being fully employed straight out of university well not straight out of university i don't want to fluff my own ego up it was like two years mm-hmm. until i had full employment um which has not changed apparently but uh you know i i thought 
the and I want a disclaimer here. The job that I worked at before I went self-employed, my full-time job, I absolutely loved it. And I think if I hadn't have done that full-time job, I wouldn't have met people like Yushuan. I wouldn't have met people like Elsa Desmond. Um, I wouldn't have met, you know, some of my closest friends through the weightlifting club because it gave me opportunity to set up a weightlifting club. Having said that, I fully believe that the result of all of those people that I've met, all of the experience that I've had um, was not necessarily to credit my full-time job. And I think like, I think back to the scenarios that I found myself in and, and the people that I met, you know, I could have gone down a very, very different path had I decided to quit had I decided to not take on that opportunity and say yes, or had I decided to eventually learn how to say no. Um, so before I speak any more, I want, uh, yeah. What, uh, what do you think about what I just said there? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, before I carry on, cause I've been talking for a long time, but I want to know outside of training, is there anything that you, I know we're getting a bit personal here, but is there anything that you have kind of like potentially had setbacks out that weren't necessarily easy, uh, whether it be in career, life, whatever it might be? You're really like throwing me off. Like I I, I've not thought about this either, but I mean, the answer is yes. I mean, I, I, but, you know, I, to be fair, I have been very, very fortunate in my life um from when i was a wee boy i when i was a little boy like i had a good family loving family like loving and caring and supportive people around me who've also put me down the right paths and yeah since then to be honest like a lot of things have gone my way and that's not to say i didn't work hard or whatever but equally there are people I know who have worked hard who just haven't had the same opportunities and the same resources yeah. that I have and um yeah no I've been extremely lucky um outside of training and outside of like sports and injuries and whatever I'd say oh by the way just to rewind a little bit counterpoint to what you were saying I think it is al almost always easier to give up than to keep going but then that becomes a little bit murky when i think when you find yourself in a bad situation or you find yourself in, in doing something or being somewhere being in an environment where you no longer love or you no longer get value out of and it's no longer benefiting you and i think that's when it gets a bit dangerous and it, it gets a bit confusing like especially for the person in that situation yeah. like and and i know i've been there this is kind of why i'm circling back because i know i've been in situations where you know i i almost know that it's not right for me or i know that there's something better out there or, or this isn't benefiting me at all and i'm not happy but then having the mentality of like no you can't give up like you got to stick it through that almost makes it worse um because then you end up trying to push through within this sort of environment or the situation that 
maybe like you shouldn't be in it. And then, then it's like, I suppose it's not really giving up, is it? It's, it's sort of having the perspective of knowing like, actually this isn't right for me, mm. but then yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer because that is actually quite a difficult one. So to play devil's advocate and to completely agree with you, the point that I was trying to make was exactly what you're saying. But if you don't leave that, you're giving up on yourself. Yeah. And so what I mean by giving up is that you're putting yourself first. Sorry, what I mean by not giving up is that you're putting yourself first in any situation, you know, and that might seem selfish in a lot of situations, but for the situations that matter the most, which is your happiness, your love, you know, and your safety, more importantly, giving up is giving up on yourself. So if you need to leave those situations, it's almost always better to take the hard way than it is to take the easy way, which be which would be to stay within those environments. Sorry, I just wanted to yeah, add that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. That's a really good point. And sort of reframing that to like, yeah, putting yourself first or whatever values you want to stand by, like yeah. you know, putting in maximum effort or always being open to the new ideas mm-hmm. and learning, like all of those values, like I suppose just not giving up on your values. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, outside of and and this might go real deep again, but like outside of you know, like sport and training and injuries, there's been set, but I think one of the things that I'm still learning to deal with and, and that you know it's still I'm still I guess quite new to, I suppose, is sort of grief and the kind of grieving process of of losing losing people, you know, losing family members and losing friends like um obviously i i had i've had quite a, f- a few sort of family members that have passed away um through illness and whatever and it um again the first time that happened you're like whoa like wow. you don't know how to process it and you start like circling in your head like what's going on because there's no frame of reference like you never anticipate yeah death around you you know um and actually before that what really threw me was like one of my close friends from back in school um you know this would have or this would be going back a couple of years now but um we'd kind of lost contact a little bit um after we left school for whatever reason and and like we you know and yeah we just didn't really talk and then um i learned I found out through other people that he killed himself. And, you know, I, I had at that point, I'd never um, sort of thought about what it was, what it'd be like to like, yeah. Or like to lose someone or, or to sort of, yeah, just, just know that someone you at least once were close with, is is no longer here and um it it puts you in a weird place because then i was like am i being selfish like i don't want to make this about me like i don't want to make this about me feeling bad that he's dead or me feeling bad that you know he ended his life and he was obviously in that really 
bad dark place to to have done that but um yeah i i think once you sort of see that happen a couple of times without and it's not like a heartless thing but it's like obviously you still feel the same emotions and you still go through the same grieving process but you sort of start to have more of an understanding of what that is and understanding that yeah like that is obviously completely normal and you'd be a psychopath if you weren't hurting or a bit you know in pain or sad about losing someone that you loved or losing someone who was close to you but understanding that so that is again like that is something that we have to go through and to to get to the other side and that you know like we talked about earlier like these things pass and kind of help shape us into who we are and add to the kind of experience bank of of you know knowing how to deal with certain situations and and cope with certain things um and i believe the same to be true with sort of relationships um just trying to lighten up the mood a little bit yeah. but um, um you know relationships that whether it's you know they're a breakup or 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 realizing that again you find yourself in a situation that isn't very good for you um you know to know that ha have enough kind of experience in the bank like memory in the bank to know that all of this is normal and understand that it's a process that we go through and whether it works out or not like we stick to our values and, and we keep going i like that that was heavy but it was yeah it was very well said um and i think i want to add an important point to that as well that no one should tell you how to grieve I think grief shows itself in different ways, in different people, in different situations. And I've been in scenarios before where, you know, you lose a pet or friend, family member, whatever it might be, or even just losing money, something like that, something that, you know, someone cares about and they lose something, they lose their favorite car or their favorite toy, you know, and people trying to tell you how to grieve, oh, grow up. <laughs> you don't need to be like that you're like well maybe he maybe that's how they process grief yeah. you know maybe you should be more understanding and actually try and understand how how they're processing that grief and help them process that grief um because everyone processes it differently i'm not an expert i don't know how i still don't know how i'd process grief um but yeah i i want to finish on something that one of my friends told me once uh we're no longer friends for n no particular reason just you know you fall out of talking to people and yeah. communicating and stuff like that um but he served in afghan and uh as most people do when they go to to war uh they they don't they don't really want to talk about it because it means reliving those scenarios and the situations that they found themselves in uh, which is, must be a horrible place to be. Um, and he said, very simply, regardless of whether it's fear, regardless of whether it's 
being scared or whether it's losing your job, the only reason that we get better is that we understand how to rationalize our thoughts. Um, you know, so he was speaking specifically about pointing guns at people and, you know, doing the deed. Um, I asked him, does it get any easier? And he said, it's never easy. You just rationalize it. Mm. And I've held that with me for quite a few years. And I've come to understand that like grief or losing something or building resilience, you're not ever looking to fail. But if you find yourself in those situations, it doesn't ever get easier, but you're able to rationalize it more. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, yeah, being able to rationalize and also understanding that, you know, the, the two components of any situation like that, um, of any maybe setback we have or, or any sort of challenges that we encounter, there's the emotional side that, that is like instinctive. It's, it's natural and it comes quite often comes first, if not every time comes first and that's just us as humans there's that human side and then there's the rational side of it and i think it's really important that we sort of accept the emotional side and we understand that that is inevitable and that is healthy you know it's healthy to feel things um yeah whether it's it's nice or not it's sort of how we're meant to be and and to understand that yeah like you fall off a horse and you get injured you're gonna feel scared but yeah. you're gonna feel <laughs> like you're gonna feel sad about it you're gonna you're gonna feel certain things but then i think the step further from that is then the rational side like after you've allowed yourself to explore these emotions and accept them which by the way not everyone does no. And I think that's what I used to struggle with is like accepting what, what I'm telling myself, like what my brain is telling me it's feeling. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of try to like shrug it off. I'm like, you're not fucking scared. Like it's, it's not a big deal when sometimes it is a big deal. It's meant to be like, deal. you know, it, yeah. you fell off a horse and you could have died. But regardless of that, even if it's not a big deal in reality, if your brain feels like it's a big deal, it's a big deal. You know, like there's no amount, when you're feeling all those emotions, there's no amount of rationality. There's no amount of reason that will sort of counter that in the moment. Like your emotions aren't going to go like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's not that deep. Um, so I think I've come to realize that, you know, whatever it is, whether it's like falling off, like getting injured, you know, like going through a bad relationship, whatever it is, letting myself feel whatever feelings I have and, and letting like accepting those emotions first is, is one of the most important things. And then once you've done that, that allows me to sort of then rationalize and then be like, okay. So, so for me, I do three things. So I go reality check. So what's the, 
reality of the situation here. What actually happened? Is it as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be? Um, you know, what are the actual implications, repercussions of what's just happened? And how do we kind of put in place how to overcome this, right? The reality of the situation. And the second thing is sort of looking inwards a little bit, like analyzing that situation and then putting that up against what I've been referring to as like your your values, your core values of like, okay, like how did I act in that situation? Like, um, so, you know, for example, if, you, if you're at a competition and uh, you, you fall off your horse, um, it quite easily you get, you can get this kind of like disappointment or guilt or something that like you failed. Um, but then you look back and you're like, okay, did I go against my values or did I, was I, did I try as hard as I can? Did I prepare as much as I can? And did I, and you, you know, all those boxes that you've agreed with yourself previously, you know, and, and if the answer is yes to all those things and just things didn't go your way or, things that are out of your control or external factors um then actually like i'm okay with that because then that's just like learning i can go back and reevaluate like what do i need to change like is there something i could have done differently is there something that i could have done more in my training and in my preparation um all of those things or is it just something that just happened like a one-off freak thing that's completely out of my control um once you only once i think for me like only once you realize uh as only once you've allowed yourself to kind of calm down from those emotions and look at the reality and then reflect and analyze can you get to that point Mm. and then and then the third thing for me is like perspective um in so so keep saying staying with that example you know you get eliminated at one competition like what is one competition in your entire career you know zoom out a bit and be like is this going to happen again probably is this the first time it's happened probably not and you know perspective more often than not kind of just um validates the the reality of situations that it's not that deep Mm -hmm as we like to say yeah i think that was really well rounded off sir um if you guys enjoyed this episode we would absolutely love if you could share like comment and subscribe follow us on spotify we just did our first in person we just did live episode and it was great so let us know give us some feedback there's a there's quite a few people that now give us feedback i wish we should start shouting out some of our listeners we should do you think they would mind yeah maybe well if if you want to be known if you listen to our podcast and you'd like to be known that you listen to our podcast because we do get quite a few people that give us suggestions and give us like you know we really appreciate it when people message us and say like this episode was absolutely fantastic and i'm still getting messages from the you are enough episode Yeah. which is crazy and this feels kind of similar to that one it's just sitting down and just the honest truth um but anyway that will round off this episode of into the unknown um this is a monumentous occasion for both of us if you liked us doing in-person stuff um 
let us know because when I I'm mean, there's not much when I'm back in the now. UK, pipe down you, pipe <laughs> down. When I'm back in the UK, uh, we'll try and make it happen. Um, but thank you so much for listening, and have a lovely day. Enjoy the weather if you're in England because it's wonderful. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of Into the Unknown. Peace. Love. Guidance. Prosperity. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us Into the Unknown. Uh, if you want to connect with us and get in touch, you can find out more about me at Stoke Strength Systems on Instagram and Connor Lift Stuff for my business page. And you can find me at at yushan.su.eventing on Instagram, yushan.su.eventing on Facebook, and suyushaneventing.com. And if you want to get a bit more engaged uh, with our community and you liked this episode, please like and subscribe, uh, follow on, the, on, on Spotify, and we'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode's topics, so please drop them in the comments. Catch you next week.